What is going on? Oh, a lot of things. A lot of things. Same. I have a, if you can believe it, you know I collect dumb wrestling shit. You know. Mm-hmm. I have some great news. And also some potentially concerning news to someone like you that doesn't collect things. So I found a vintage, I don't know the exact year, but it's a thermo cup for the NWO. It says NWO for life for a buck. One holdout. What? <laughs> and I love it. Wow. One whole dollar. I also, in my adventures today, found the last piece of the Funko puzzle. I completed the Holy Trinity of WWE Funkos, and I got the Cactus Jack to finish off the Mick Foley run that I never thought I would have done. That you did. You crazy son of a bitch, you did it. I also got an OSF TM, which is original... San Francisco Toy Makers, WCW Sting figure, and an original LJN, which is like a full rubber figure that's about seven, eight inches tall of Big John Stud. And I got to say, I love those LJN figures. They were the first official WWF toys. They were all this rubbery plastic they had a bunch of great wrestlers to them and I'm ah, damn it I really want to get them they have uh, Mr. Fuji with the hat and the cane they have Captain Lou Albano they have Kamala, Roddy Piper Jake Roberts, Hogan Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart People that big all the way down to not so big as like Corporal Kirshner. Um, yeah, you could argue they're still kind of big. The Killer Bees. I mean, they were like mid-level, but still. But damn it, I love those things. They're just so cool. So I have another branch of my wrestling collection now nice very nice as if i needed another one (laughs) uh to head off the program too today just to let you know i do not have anything for collectibles news there really hasn't been anything going on well i would I would really think so, considering what has transpired in the past week. Yeah. And we'll talk more about it here in a little bit. All right. I seem to have gotten everything that I deemed important. I am going to have to rely on you for that because I spent an entire 20 minutes letting this computer go back to the news, and I scoped some of it. Um, but it's taken forever to load. For some reason, it crashed. I had to restart it, and now it's going very slow. So I have to go through and, and troubleshoot and fix this computer again. 
major pain in the ass, but I'll figure it out. All right. Well, uh, let's start with some um, some updates. Uh, the person we cannot stop talking about, uh, Tammy Sitch, otherwise known as Sunny. Um, she is seeking to have the lawsuit over the fatal car accident she was involved in uh, dismissed. Um, you know, the, the, the optimist in me wants something to come, something to come out and say the silver lining and a very horrible cloud, just something to say that her toxicology was fine. She was fine because nothing's going to change that that guy died, but it's one less thing for one less issue that has to be addressed if that makes sense and one less thing that could come up and cause something like this to happen again which would decrease the likeliness if she sees sunlight again i don't know yeah so um she filed a motion as of june 2nd to dismiss the suit with the argument that um I don't uh, Lassiter's daughter, which it doesn't. It just says the last name of the person that passed. I imagine um, Lassiter is the last name of the person that passed away uh, from the accident. Uh, Whitney Hill had not been properly appointed as a representative for Julian Lassiter. Okay, yeah, Julian Lassiter is a seventy-five-year-old man who died following the car accident, and thus legally couldn't bring the lawsuit. Um, uh, Whitney Hill's legal team responded the next day to cite previous rulings by the state Supreme Court as evidence for an argument that Hill would count as a properly appointed representative for uh, Lassiter, the past Julian Lassiter. And I so think have- part of this, too, is like telling of her character at this point, because regardless of anything she has to say it was a medical thing or she was intoxicated whatever the story is it doesn't change the fact again that this guy died yes and she to our knowledge has not come out and said i am so sorry that this happened or shown any remorse or like let me pay for the funeral or this that something anything that she has said in this entire thing has been it's bullshit this happened, that happened, this is why it's been in defense of her and nothing mm. to say about the guy that died. As far as I'm aware, yes, that is the case, and which truly speaks to her character. And uh, I think that it is quite obvious. She wants us to dismiss so she doesn't have to pay for um, for essentially the damages of one of uh, Julian Lassiter's life and uh, to the family of that, of the old man that was tragically taken away from this planet. Um, And doesn't want to deal with like insurance for, for that and whatever else, she would have to pay. I don't know what else it would be. 
probably legal fees. I would imagine there's probably negligence charges and things like that. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. But that's just one update. Um, so we didn't talk about this last week, but because um, uh, I think the day after uh, we recorded or some, or a couple of days after, so any kind of a statement on Jeff Hardy's arrest. Essentially, long story short, they, they, can, um, they do not condone what Jeff Hardy has done, and he is essentially on leave without pay. Well, he is suspended without pay. He can only return to AW upon successfully completing treatment and maintaining a sobriety. I've there's a, a video out, body cam footage and everything. That I I watched a little bit of it and then I was like, God damn it. The, the entire time I'm like, God damn it, God damn it, Jeff. Why? Well, at first I was like, Well, why is why do they have their guns pulled? And then I saw, you know, it looked like he was he was definitely under the influence. He was trying to put the car in park, but the car started rolling again, and they probably thought, "Okay, we got him." Yeah, he, they thought out. he was gonna, he was going to uh, book it. Um, he blew a point two nine four and a point two nine one in two different yep. tests. Yep. Which Jesus Christ, that's three and a half times the legal limit. Yep. How was how was he even conscious? That's I wish insanity. I could tell you, but that, my God, that's just insane. Um, what else did I did I see anything else from that? It is a felony DUI charge. Yep, I think you had three charges overall. Yep. Um, nine fifty four in the morning. Yep. Yeah, I did. In the morning. He was drinking all night. Had to be. Had to. Or, or all morning. All night into the morning, I'm sure. Because I highly doubt he was blowing a point two nine four from drinking the night before, you know? Well, yeah. He had to have drinking when the sun was down all the way up to the moment of arrest. The other thing, just, the other thing that's just literally like... Fuck you, Tony Khan, in a indirect way. He was wearing a Jacksonville Jaguar shirt. Not not fuck you, but like mm-hmm. uh, Yep, I work for this guy and I also drive while intoxicated. I don't know. I bet he didn't even change his shirt. He he was wearing that before he started drinking. It was in the body cam footage. I know. I've seen the, the I, I seen the footage. I've seen the footage of the him uh, right outside the car and him failing the um, the sobriety test. Yeah, I mean it's he has an part of what you were going to get to too. But he said he's rever- remorseful and embarrassed. Yep. Yeah, I had that one up. Yep. I'm glad he is, and at the same time, you know when you you know, people make mistakes. That happens. Yeah. Not that, not to excuse any of the DUIs or anything, but there has to come a point where, 
I, I don't want to see say Rebby or Matt have to like parent him because he's a grown man, but like somebody wasn't paying attention to where Jeff either his his license is suspended or revoked because that was one of the charges. Yes. Which means he didn't rent a car himself. And maybe it was his own car, but you know, he was at a Dave and Buster's performing music and he was out and about and he was arrested in Florida, not North Carolina, which is where his home is. Mm-hmm. If he's blowing a point two nine four, he's not driving from North Carolina to Florida and, and making it without getting arrested. Right. Which makes you think he got somebody's car, probably Matt's being right there. So somebody slipped up, wasn't watching him. He had enough time while intoxicated to get away, get in the car and, and drive off and drive far enough without anybody doing anything to where three people called 911 for a dangerous driver on the road. And it was him. So, oh, I know. I feel like the point is how many times you can make the same mistake before um, something even worse happens. And that's what I'm saying. You got to do, they have to do something, you know. To, like we, we already talked about it. For this. We already talked about it 10 minutes ago. A life can be taken for driving under the influence. We want to avoid another person. I was listening to one of the Jim Cornette podcasts earlier today, as I do, and he brought up that same point. He said, you know, this is the sunny situation without the death. Mm -hmm. And how many times is it going to take, you know, hopefully none, to where that becomes a reality? Yeah. But, yeah, I... there's got to be a point to where you and hopefully he reaches this point himself where he says I'm making this mistake and I don't know if he just quit alcohol altogether before or not but I think that's a solid start from here maybe maybe as far as moving in with Matt and Rebby and you know he might need that support system I would also think as to Gabe pointed this out in the group chat, like to take it easy while he's out there performing, because um, one point he made is that um, drinking alcohol is also kind of like, was also kind of like a remedy to pain. That's for some. I saw is, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Was he drinking to escape pain or was he, um, or was he drinking to alleviate the pain mm-hmm. or you know was he doing stuff like that because he was drinking and you know you see the you see the memes of it with Kurt Angle and it's not funny but you know when people called him Perk Angle and he was doing Percocet and stuff and TNA and doing all this crazy stuff, going off the top rope or the top of the yeah. stage and going nuts. 
that's that's the painkillers, man. You don't feel it then, but but you'll feel that, later. That's that wears damn. off. I can assure you, you will. Yeah, I. You know, it's if they didn't do that test in WWE before he left, and if he didn't pass it, that would also bring up the question of: Is that why he left? Is that why? Was he having issues then? But you know, he passed the test there, so I, I wouldn't believe. Yeah. He definitely has done a lot of crazy spots, which I, as a viewer, I will admit, had enjoyed. But I knew in the back of my mind, this had to take a toll on him. He is not as young as he used to be. So I would rather him be safe than him doing stuff like this. And this is what the result of those crazy spots are. I hate to sound like this because it, you know, doesn't sound all that great either. But look at somebody like, look at people like Terry Funk, uh, Mick Foley. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I can't attest to their background, their criminal background if they have any, but they've done crazy stuff their entire career, but you don't see them on felony charges of DUI. You don't see them doing stuff like that now do do they have they abused painkillers or anything maybe i don't know but it's not something that was such an issue that it's a top wrestling story like it is with jeff right so you know to a to a point you can say maybe it's the crazy antics in the ring but maybe you ought to have a conversation with uh with mick about how to deal with that or we can go back to DDP. He could. And you know what? I guarantee you DDP will reach out to him, and that might be an option for him. For as much yeah. of a saint as he is, I would really hope so. Yeah, he's... I would, I would really hope so. He's great with that. Well, uh, we can we can move on from that topic because we have a lot more to talk about. Yes. Uh, so this one's a little bit off the topic of wrestling, but it also does pertain to it in Japan. So Japan has passed a new cyberbullying law, which was sparked by the response of the passing of wrestler Hana Kimura uh, two years ago. I have so, noticed if there is one thing that they're really that you know Japanese culture is pretty serious about it's wrestling mm-hmm. and, and respecting the wrestlers, which I respect. It's just kind of I I do respect it too. Well, if you if you want to talk uh, politics about freedom and whatnot. This could be a topic of contention, but I'm only just reading this off. I do not want to have this discussion, at least not currently, because uh, we, we're only here for so much time. Um, Japan's parliament passed a law uh, last Monday that makes, and I say this in quotes, online insults punishable by up to a year in jail or a fine of up to 300,000 yen, which is about $2,200. God damn. Yeah. 
they're taking this 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 seriously. So, um, so I could go on Twitter and say like some outlandish like Okada sucks. If you like Okada, fuck you. And I could go to jail for a year for tweeting that. If, if you live in Japan, oh man, because in in Japan they also have their own um, own social media apps, which isn't accessible to us over here on the states. That's right. Yes. Um, that gets into a gray area too because law is pretty like there's no real gray area law wise. If you steal something, you you stole it, you know. Mm-hmm. But here it's like, oh, you insulted somebody. Yeah, I could say that. I could say that New Day sucks and, and Gabe would be insulted. But other people wouldn't. So it, it becomes like a matter of opinion or perspective, I guess. Yeah, which is really the case for many, many rules and policies and so on and so forth. They're left vague on purpose. Um, so the legislation came into being after uh, Hana Kimura's suicide back in May of 2020, uh, which came to after she suffered abuse online over how she was depicted in the series Terrace House on Netflix. Strangely enough, how she herself was depicted, she got bullied. Whatever. Still stupid. Led to a call for stronger laws against online bullying in Japan. Um, so... Uh, I did bring up this is controversial considering, you know, free speech. Uh, The law targets insults, which are defined by Japanese law as, and I say this in quotes, publicly demeaning someone's social standing without referring to specific facts about them or a specific action. This is actually classified differently from defamation which is also punishable under the law and is defined as publicly demeaning someone while pointing to specific facts. You know what's really interesting with that? How do the wrestlers go about promoting themselves or a a rivalry or whatever? Say in New Japan, if Jay White wants to do a little self-promotion in a... context of um let's say he's going against okada for some reason and mm-hmm. he wants to go to twitter to to light the flame a little bit do they have to sign a an agreement saying this is okay i do not yeah i'm sure this would have to be an, a contractual agreement would be a way to get around it and uh of course with that agreement would provide context if for say someone's like, I'm taking you to court in Japan for uh, online insults. <sighs> this new law will go into effect this summer and has a clause requiring that it to be re-examined in three years in order to gauge how it impacts freedom of expression. We do have stuff like that here though, don't we? When it comes to not insults, but like if things come off as threatening or whatever, I I think I want to say we do off the top of my head. I can't name what it is, but I'm I want to say we do. I think we do, but it, yeah, I don't know. 
I see the purpose. It's yeah, I see the purpose too, and I think considering how seriously they're taking uh, the suicide of a professional wrestler, and in this context, I am honestly for it because the fact that she got cyberbullied for just her appearance in a Netflix series is still fucking ridiculous. I don't care who you are. It's ridiculous in, in every part of media. There are people bullying this kid. She's like, she's fucking like nine or 10 that plays young Leia Organa on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show mm-hmm. for honestly, for the dumbest shit, for things that she has no control over, like r- the writing of the character and everything. I never, like, I never point to the actor unless the actor is absolutely dog shit. I always point to creative and this, whoever's writing scripts and the director. If it's shit, I go to them. And let Unless me reiterate, yeah. this kid is 10. This kid is literally just being paid to, do, to be there and say things and act. And I don't say this as a knock to the kid, but she has pro- probably never seen a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know... Not to hold that against her, because, you know, she's 10. Maybe she has, but to, like, grasp it the way that a grown adult man. They're still learning. They're still in the learning process growing up. Yeah, it's amazing how these adults can go online and just pick people apart for things that they have no control over. They're just taking an acting job and the millions that comes with it. Yeah. And they have such a scope on the series and everything that they can have that deep of an opinion on the story, but they also don't realize that they need to have human decency because it's, you know, another human being on the other end of that. Right. (sighs) And it's, I love we watch Game Grumps. I love the thing that Dan mentions. Um, they're talking about like Disneyland or something, and this kid's dad is like, "Um, actually, this is a rebel ship," and blah blah blah. And Dan's like, "It's a, it's a fantasy show about people with light swords. Like it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's wizards with light swords." He's like, I Yoda, I love Yoda too, but he's a puppet. Just a puppet. Just a puppet. That's all he was yeah. in the original trilogy, was just a puppet. Now he's just a computerized plaything. Yeah, now he's just uh, something that is made through CGI or animation, whatever it, it may be. While we're bashing people for shitting on things would you care to possibly shit on something with me here for a sec all right i want to know if my critique of this is valid or (sighs) do you have 2k22 i do i do i have it on pc What, what do you think of it overall i think the core gameplay itself is fun I think the creative studio, when it comes to creating like the actual wrestler, like in terms of 
aesthetics and stuff improvement but there are some things in certain areas i'm like i wish i had this i wish this was more refined but overall it's not it's more nitpicking at that point um i'm disappointed that there is no advanced um entrance maker that was removed or cut i was just gonna say like i i don't remember which one it was but it was a thq one you could like download mp3 files or whatever and have your own entrance music and everything that's where me being on pc i have the capabilities of doing that and you could do everything you can do everything that it this game feels bland and i i there's another thing a lot of people loved it i wasn't big on the change the showcase mode the showcase mode i understand they're trying to mix the gameplay with the storytelling that ray mysterio is doing which i do respect and i find the them doing it this time around interesting i applaud it for the um idea um past the beginning where it's a tutorial i'm like okay i'm being handheld what to do and it's quite simple quite easy to do yeah do a heavy combo do a light combo do this i hated that you transitioned from playing it to actual footage to playing it to actual footage I actually enjoyed that. I thought the way they did it was was really cool. I was not a fan of it. I can I can see why there are those out there like you who are not fans of it. Because well, I understand it stalls the progress and then you have to start it up again and then you got to stop and then you got to go. Yeah. I I'm aware of um, critiques, but I as playing it, I enjoyed it. If there was one thing I pulled from it, or remembered from it is that JBL was a real asshole. <laughs> yeah, he was. Wow. Yeah, he yeah, would, he was. He would be canceled in like two weeks if that stuff happened now. I know. Oof. Twitter would be on fire. He would not make it. Not that character. The Acolytes version, maybe, but. Oh, yeah, APA for sure. I just, I feel like it's bland. I don't know. And I remember, uh, it might be unfair to compare it to 13, but 13, you had all these arenas and championships and characters, and then in this one, you have the very basic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm of the same opinion that uh, was a 2K... Uh, 2K13, the one with Rock on the um, on the cover. 2K14. 14. 14 yep. was the last great uh, 2K WWE game before we started getting these uh, either eh or all right WWE games. I feel like that if you're more of the creative side like um, me, it's good and the gameplay is fun. With some minor things where like, oh, come on. Uh, and since I moved on over to uh, playing from console to PC, that whole thing of like, I wish I had my MP3 music. Oh, I can easily, I have some, um, some things that if you do a quick YouTube search, you can easily follow the guide and poof, you have music that you can replace like some of the generic ones or songs you don't like. I personally am not a fan of the rock of the rap songs. So I got, 
I changed the Booker T song to one of the songs I have on my Spotify playlist. And I changed um, MGK's um, song so uh, to one of the ones that my uh, character would use as their entrance theme. And not even to, I guess, compare it, but I remember me and our friend Wyatt, we played, God, it might have been like UFC 2 or some, somewhere in that era of UFC game. And we made the most ridiculous fighters with the funniest entrance musics. We were crying laughing. It was so ridiculous. And it was so fun to just create the fighters. And then we actually had the fight and just had a blast with it. Mm-hmm. Their creation suite was like probably the best I've seen across, I don't want to say all gaming and just put the cap on it, but that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring's yeah. pretty good too. But they wouldn't let me put my character name, so I had to use different letters to spell it. Because I always have very stupid names for my characters. <laughs> uh, so, uh, still on the topic of wrestling as we move on. Um, if you haven't been... If you're an AEW uh, avid fan or casual, whatever you may be, you may or may not have seen, if you're on social media, comments of Thunder Rosa allegedly sandbagging uh, during some matches of people she didn't like. Um, Marina Shafir is the one that I saw people really giving it. Giving yeah. It and she was... Uh, she had a recent appearance on uh, the MMA Hour. And she was asked about the uh, accusation. And this is what she had to say. No, I'm going to say like I said in the New York Post, I have nothing but respect for my opponents. Anyone who dares to stand in the ring with me, I have nothing but respect to my opponents and send them nothing but blessings. Moving on forward, I will continue to work harder to have the best matches I can bring and to bring the most opportunities to all of the people, all of the women, me when they step into the ring with me they're like cool people are going to talk and that's fine i'm not worried about that i will continue to move forward and i'll continue to show with my body of work what i'm all about that's all i have to say as someone that watched the match that was a dog shit match i'm not gonna lie yeah that was not a good match time it was not good um there were I can remember two moments where Thunder kind of, you, you could tell she's like, the fuck is she doing? Like the, the timing of things were off on Shafir's side. And it, this sparked a little bit in my brain. I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at. Went back to like dark. Um, I think dark elevation had one or two, but I went back and I watched some Shafir matches and she has some issues in ring timing wise and everything. Um, it honestly, I think it's just thunder making the best of a bad situation. And it, it really does take two to tango. Yeah. If one of you is, is off, that's, you know, it makes the whole thing go to shit. Mm-hmm. 
you can throw the best clothesline you've ever thrown if the person no sells it it looks like shit you could throw the worst clothesline and they oversell and it looks like shit gotta be cohesive and there was a lot of moments in that match that were not now was it thunder deliberately sabotaging your opponent no No, because why would you, if she was that kind of wrestler, why would she start with Marina Shafir? Mm-hmm. Why, if she really wanted a sandbag and she really wanted to steal wins and everything, pull a mill mascaris, why didn't she just knock Britt Baker straight out for the championship? All right. To make sure she won the title in dominant fashion. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I honestly, you're blowing up portion, especially when I see Thunder's matches. I'm like, I don't see sandbagging here. If anything, seems like miscommunication. That's my that's my thoughts on the matter. So um, before we get into the big one, because there's again there was a lot. Um, we had two uh, referees of WWE passed away. Dave Hebner, who is uh, the twin brother of Earl Hebner, uh, passed away on June 17th, as well as... A mini uh, him at Slammiversary, which was very nice. Yeah. And then uh, WWE referee Tim White also passed away on June 19th. And this man has refereed a lot of important matches. Yeah, it's uh, it's means it poor. Sad to see um, these two iconic referees pass away because they are as important as the wrestlers. Oh, definitely. Um. And so my thoughts and condolences are out to the families of uh, the Hebners and uh, the Whites. All right. Now, I know we talked about um, a whole lot of news and topics for like 40 minutes straight, but there's another big one, another big one. So again, if you haven't been, if you've been living under a rock, I'm here to break the news for you. June fifteenth, the Wall Street Journal broke an investigative article about WWE, um, and it's not good. Um, keeping things short, uh, they are investigating an alleged secret three million dollar settlement agreement by Vince McMahon to a unnamed departing employee. He allegedly had an affair with this individual, according to the documents. The agreement bars a now former employee who was hired as a paralegal in 2019 from speaking about the alleged affair, and this person cannot say anything disparaging about Vince. Um, the investigation kicked off back in April and has expanded into other NDAs that involve misconduct claims made by other former female employees about both Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, WWE's former, as of speaking, have talent relations. I will talk more about John Laurinaitis here in a minute. 
The report also states that they cannot determine how many previous agreements were being scrutinized. Uh, report states that board members learned about the $3 million agreement through a series of anonymous emails from someone who said that the former WWE paralegal was their friend. One email stated that Vince McMahon increased the woman's salary from $100,000 to $200,000 after being beginning a sexual relationship with her and Vince McMahon and, and that Vince McMahon gave her like a toy, in air quotes, to John Laurinaitis. A quote from an email to the board said, my friend was so scared, so she quit after Vince McMahon and lawyer, and lawyer Jerry paid her millions of dollars to shut up. Also, Jerry Mc, McDevitt reported that Wall Street Journal reportedly told Wall Street Journal that the former paralegal hadn't made any claims of harassment against McMahon and that WWE did not pay any monies to her on her departure. Which uh, Vince McMahon has been, um, has stepped down from uh, chairman and that in his stead, we have uh, interim uh, chairwoman uh, Stephanie McMahon well, Vince still has control over creative, which is an important thing to think about. So don't be harassing Stephanie McMahon for storytelling. Um, as well as John Laurinaitis uh, has been suspended of his head of talent relations. Suspended, I put this in the chat earlier. I have to read back for it because I can't. Uh, he's been put on administrative leave. Um, Bruce Pritchard is now head of creative and interim head of talent relations, which is important to think about. And backstage, people are not liking that. They didn't like John Laurinaitis being head of talent relations back in 2021. And they really don't like Bruce Pritchard being head of creative and interim head of talent relations. I think it's, uh, I think it's someone on the inside. It's just trying to clean it out, man. I don't know. Which, yeah, that's what people have said. There's got to be someone on the inside, and people have thought that it's Tony Khan or Stephanie or uh, Triple H. Maybe but, Nick Khan. Not, not, not Tony Khan. I'm sorry. I said Tony. Nick Khan, yeah. God damn it. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Because you look at it, you have Vince McMahon with his scandal. Um, he lost another lawsuit, I believe, this past week, too, by the way, for the XFL. Yep. It was like yeah, $25 million. Yep. So, woof. Um, you know, you have Vince McMahon scandal. Laurenitis is roped into it. Um, possibly accomplice, maybe compliant, maybe nothing at all. Who knows? Yet, but um, and I saw this tweet that it didn't have who put it out, but I think it was one of the former talent that word around the back with the women is they'd rather have their shit mailed to them, Mickey James style, than yeah, deal with Laurenitis. So that's yep, red flag for that, right? Uh, so he could be a creep, possibly. Um, then you have the Kevin Dunn insider trading, which I think there was an update, but I have not. Uh, read uh, into it. 
I had a thing. Uh, it said that uh, the the rumor of Kevin Dunn doing that is uh, not legit. Okay, so he's safe. Yeah, he's safe. This might turn into a board of directors who done it. It it really could be. As well as uh, I wasn't aware of this until I started looking into the news. Uh, June seventeenth, WWE is facing a second legal investigation. Uh, if certain directors and officers of WWE breached their uh, fiduciary duties to the company and its shareholders. Oh, my God. And this was um, from a press relief, uh, according to uh, the law firm Scott and Scott Attorneys at Law. So... You got to think yeah. what's the answer to that going to be, you know, are they going to do more budget cuts of releasing talent? Was that the reason the budget was cut to release talent? I've seen that thrown on Twitter too. Chicken or the egg. It's another. Yep. One of those, but <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm of the same thing I've said before. Wait and see. I'm going to wait and see how how this goes goes through and um my comments are oh boy maybe tony khan has a mole in there that's tearing it out oh and we're gonna turn on dynamite one day and tony's gonna say i own wrestling now now i I do i bought wwf whatever i do want to say earlier when i when I said Tony Khan, I did not mean that whatsoever. When I was referring to this whole investigation, uh, I meant Nick Khan, which thankfully Nick did correct me on it. So I'm just pointing that out there. Tony Khan, please don't come from my head. That was uh, that was me saying the wrong Khan. Please do not sue me. I love AEW. He won't sue you. He'll just think that you're a, a bot. As he does, buddy, that has anything negative to say about AEW. Just crazy. Uh, but that is all of the news that I found that was important, which going on for 46 minutes is a lot. Yeah, we should probably talk the very little that was good about Raw, the very little that was good about SmackDown. Yes. The, the uh, little bit that was the okay amount of stuff that was good with Rampage and Dynamite. So, um, Raw, we're going to just steam right through this. Uh, Raw from last week. Miz TV with Paul Heyman. You can't go wrong with Paul Heyman. Moving on, Montez Ford versus Jimmy Uso. It's not Street yep. Profits versus the Usos. It's Montez Ford versus Jimmy Uso, which it's is the same shit. By extension, Street Profits versus the Usos. So, again, uh, if we had a board, we would mark a tally on that. Um, Seth Rollins. Go back. I should do like like what culture did the count for I, maybe year to date of how many surprise roll up victories there were should do yes. that for anything involving the Usos, the Street Profits, and RK Bro. Hey, if you got the time for it, you can go back and retroactively start tallying this stuff. I don't think anybody has the time for it. It's... You'd fill a bunch of pages with that. Uh, yeah. 
So then we had a Seth Rollins promo justifying his attack on Cody Rhodes. Uh, pretty good filler segment. Then we had Dana Brooke versus Becky Lynch for a 24-7 championship. What the hell was this? I was so mad to see this. And I cannot believe they did Becky Lynch like this. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just they had to get the stupid-ass segment in there. Then we have a qualifying match. What's going to make them pay attention to it? Slap Becky Lynch on there. And then Becky did a great job of showing that she is above that and she shouldn't be out there and it's a waste of her time. Yep. Their expressions and then the dumbest shit possible to conceive in the human mind happened. Right. Um, Then we had a qualifying match for the Women's Money in the Bank, which is... Weirdly enough, a tag match of the faces Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan versus Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. It was all right. Um, it's short. Um, there was really no big takeaways other than the baby faces one. And uh, Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan actually have good chemistry. Um, then we had Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Moving on, we had MVP squashing Cedric Alexander. Moving on, then we had a men's money in the bank qualifier. Styles versus Seth Rollins, which was a great match. These two always perform stellar matches. That was the only match on Raw that was really just fantastic. We had Riddle versus Champa, and if Riddle, this would allow Riddle to get a chance at. Uh, Roman Reigns' title, and it, it will the stipulation for if Matt if Riddle gets into the match is that if he loses, he can never challenge Roman Reigns for the titles of, again. He needs to take a vacation, man. And I don't, I don't care who it is. It could be Bailey. It could be who else do I like at this point, Brandon? I don't know. Oh, let's see. On WWE, we got Bailey, uh, we got Becky, uh, Rhea, who is out on injury. That's another thing to point out. She is injured. Point uh, point being, it could be any fantastic wrestler. I do not want to see them every single week in one to two segments a show, possibly over two shows. Wall of diminishing returns. Yeah, I mean. And you know how excited I was when Riddle started to first come around and everything? Oh, I remember. You were ecstatic as all could be. And I'm still high on him. He's still a great wrestler and talent. But now it's just like, God damn. Every time he comes on, I'm like, I'm tur- I turn it off. I literally turn it off. I have a list, okay, in my head. People that when they come out, I turn it off. The Bloodline. The, um, I lost my train of thought. Street Profits. Um, I know you're Street Profits, yeah. And Riddle. And the, those, those are the ones I turn it off and I'm like, I'm not doing this shit. Because it's the same thing all the time. The Bloodline was a great idea. And now that it's come to fruition with them having two titles apiece... It's just bland, and it, 
again, it goes back to that idea. It takes two to tango. You can have the most over crazy, amazing heel or baby face. But if you don't have somebody to match that energy, somebody believable to go against those people, you lose all of it. Because is, is Riddle going to beat or, uh, Orton? Is Riddle going to beat Reigns for the title? No. So why would I watch it? Yeah. Why would I watch it? Yeah. If if Shanky, the dance-controlled buffoon, went against... um, You know what? Let's change that. If Shanky and Jinder Mahal went against the Usos for the title, they're not going to win it. There's no incentive to watch it. There's nobody built up to beat him that gives me any incentive. And we'll go over it on SmackDown, but when we get to SmackDown, but that SmackDown episode proves it because they brought Lesnar back and we're going to see that match again. Yep. And the law of diminishing returns, it's not going to be as special. Well, you saw it at Mania. It sucked at Mania. It's going to... I'm plugging my phone uh, into the charger because it's very low. Um, so in post-production, if I start cutting out, that's why. Um, it, it's a real problem with WWE. They, they do not um, they do not allow others to be built up to be believable against their main event talent. There is no other like there are no others that are built upon that foundation. So when you throw like random matches, like you put out Usos versus Jinder and Shanky, that's new, but you know who's going to win. What, yeah. why, and if Nothing they win, good. it's going to be shenanigans. It, well, if Jinder and Shanky win, it's going to be shenanigans and not legit. So you're not building, no one benefits from it. Every, Usos look stupid. And then you have to justify. Uh, this in a rematch, which is not going to do anything but just annoy us, the entertainer, the the viewers. Yeah, to give them credit, I mean, I think they're doing okay by Veer Mahan. They're building him to be a, a semi-credible threat. Is he a talker? Not really. He could be a good adversary to a lot of people on that roster, he could be a formidable. And they could build him that way. They still have that potential. You know, you look at him, that's a great example. You look at Austin Theory, that's another one. Um, they completely fucked it with uh, Shanky now. Mark my words, he will be on that next release batch. I almost guarantee it. I almost guarantee it. Because that's not... It's not funny. It's just... It's so stupid and ridiculous. You kind of... You laugh, but the way you do at, like... Just super out there things that there's no other reaction. It's just... I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like that... uh that you, you don't laugh because it's funny. You laugh because it's outrageous and you weren't expecting it. It's shock fun. It's shock laughter. That's what it is. 
Let me ask you, because I think you'd know better than I do. What are they doing with Solo Sokoa in NXT right now, if anything? Uh, I'm going to have to do a quick, uh, quick Google search because I haven't pulled up NXT because I knew we weren't going to have time for it, but I will tell you very quickly what they did last week. Well, just in general, I don't. He's not uh, facing Braun Breaker because that's Joe Gacy right now. I think he's been put. He's stuck in the mid card, and I believe, uh, yeah, he's going against Grayson Whaler. I don't. I can't attest to his work, but you know, that's another part of possibly the bloodline. That's another person that you long term book. And he works for Roman and under Roman and then starts saying, you know what, fuck you. I'm the head of the dynasty in this era. And then you can book some ma- I'd watch that. I would watch that. There's a story there that makes sense if it's executed right. If they don't beat the bejesus out of it on every pay-per-view and event. Or even Ron SmackDown. But uh, Solo Sokoa on, on NXT, um, yeah, he's getting a he's shooting for a North American Championship. That's what's going on. I just looked it up just to remind myself. So I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Which was but, just won by Carmelo Hayes, was it from Cameron Grimes at their last show? I think that's right. Carmelo Hayes, yep. Which, if I remember Carmelo Hayes right, Solo Sokoa should destroy him. Physically. Should. Should. Solo Sokoa is proving to be a phenomenal talent down in NXT, which is, unfortunately, NXT 2.0 is kind of suffering from having to build around a new roster with the stupid storytelling and whatnot that they got going on. They're not doing themselves any favors with Wendy Chu and toxic attraction. Yeah, yeah. Reality TV esque stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Bring back black and gold NXT. Okay, back to back to Raw. Um, Judgment Day interrupted Bianca Blair's promo. And Mustafa Ali versus Chad Gable. Okay. And then we had Rey Mysterio versus Veer Mahan. You know who won. It was Veer Mahan. There's uh, no build. You, they just do this shit, and then they're like, watch the pay-per-view. It's going to be the same thing you saw on Raw and SmackDown, but fuck you, you know? Yeah. That's just it. It's like, here you go. Do they have like one production meeting and then that's it for like two months? <laughs> I imagine it's out. Usos. There you go. Well, what raw is this for? The next eight. Just I imagine that's how it goes. When it's not WrestleMania season. Even when it is, it's like I don't want to say there's no incentive to watch, but there's no added incentive. Because how do how do I put it? Let me think of a good analogy. Okay, so you've seen the Avengers movies, maybe. 
yes, I have seen the Avengers movies. The only one, only film I haven't seen the uh, MCU was um, uh, the Doctor Strange movie, which I really wish I would could have seen, but I was too busy. Okay, so you know, in the end of the of that era of them, they fight Thanos, right? Yes. What if they beat the hell out of Thanos in every movie, every Marvel movie leading up to the Avengers? Do you think nearly as many people would have went and seen any of them? Either no. of them, Endgame or Infinity War? No. Then if why like... are they doing it now in WWE? Why? That's that's the thing, man. There is no build. There's no... specialness, I guess, to the pay-per-views right now. If I want to see Roman and Brock, I could go into the catalog. I could probably watch. Plus, of, of just them. Yeah. Between any of the shows if I want to see RK bro and you know any tag team that they push like crazy I could watch any Raw or Smackdown I don't have to watch the pay-per-view the only difference is that the titles are on the line and the matches are probably I say probably because sometimes they're just not. But they give you so much to see that you're like, okay, this team's going to win. There's no there's no build and there's no believability of, you know, it could go either way. So I got to watch and see which way it goes. I am just the king of derailing this today. <laughs> oh, it's fine. There's a lot to talk about. And I really want to know your thoughts about the main event of Raw, the pose-off of Bobby Lashley and Theory. I have to process it because it's like... Lashley has Theory beat in every category except for age he's bigger he's probably stronger he's a vet in in both the military and in wrestling but not that that matters i just want to make that distinction i'm talking about in wrestling he's a veteran um so going into it you think okay he's gonna get posed completely off the stage but he goes in there with confidence and it was he was confident and then they had a, a follow up uh, yesterday on Raw which with the knowledge of that and how that went I think when Cena returns with everything they've been teasing when Cena returns next Monday that they're going to start a program Cena and um, and Theory, which brings up the interesting thing. 
a double-edged sword because do you put Theory over Cena this early? Or do you have Cena win and it's for the U.S. title and then Cena has the U.S. title? So I don't know. I think the point of Lashley is Lashley, I think, is going to beat Theory and take the U.S. championship and then Theory is going to have a match with Cena where if he loses, it's not the end of the world and Cena doesn't have a championship to where he has to be committed. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Don't know. But I but will that- say it wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, it makes me think of what's going to happen in the future, so it 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 gets a it gets an up for me. Well, um, that was raw, and we're going to go over Road Rager, both Dynamite and Rampage. So we're going to try to go through this still rather quickly. Chris Jericho versus Ortiz. Uh, first. It foremost, it was a hair versus hair contest between the two. And for those that don't know, it's whoever loses gets their hair the their haircut. Both of them have a head of hair, so it was interesting. Indeed, it was. Um, Chris Jericho came out on top. I knew uh, that was going to happen, and I I was so disappointed. I wish they would have given the win. I really do. Yeah. Because they won Wait. Anarchy in the Arena, Jericho Appreciation Society. Yep. And, man, I just – I wish they would have given it to Ortiz and they had Jericho shave his head, and I know Jericho could do some funny stuff with that. Well, we had. I don't even know what, but he could. He could get anything over, but he could have a different stupid hat or hair covering like every single time. I don't know. It as with Jericho getting a win, uh, Fuego del Sol the Soul appeared um, and uh, hit Ortiz with a bat, allowing Jericho to score a win. Uh, it then turned out that Fuego del Sol was actually Sammy Guevara. Ortiz then grabbed the clippers and began cutting his hair and repeatedly saying blood and guts into the mic. So they're trying to amplify this with the beginning of the show, and I think all things considered, it was good. Not you great. You know what huh. Kind of. Blood and Guts is happening at the Little Caesars Arena, so we're going to miss that match live. Damn. Because of cost. Damn. That, that makes me sad now you brought it up. It makes me sad, but at the same time, I'm not paying exorbitant amounts of money for that. Yeah. It's just not that. That's like pay-per-view level stuff. Mm-hmm. But, Following that, that we had Wardlow versus Security. Man, I wonder who won. Security guard number eighteen, I do believe. 
Um, Once Wardlow got tired and no, I'm kidding. I know he won, but yeah, he eliminated 20 security guards in an elimination style match. Do you know how dumb that stipulation is? Like it, looking at it from a reality standpoint. Yeah, it's quite ridiculous. The fact that one man can take out 20 other, like, slightly smaller men. Beyond that, it's like, you can either take this lawsuit or you can fight these guys. The guys that he literally just beat the living shit out of, signing up to get their asses beat again versus getting settlement money. Why would you do that? That's like getting hit by a drunk driver and then being like, I, I can sue you for this or or you can try and hit me again and I'll see how I do this time against your car. Maybe I'll knock out a window or something while you do it. That's how I saw it. Yeah. Am I the only one? No, no, you are. Your sound and what you're saying. Some of this booking is just, it's funny to me. Just the little things like that. If you want to put reality into it, it's outrageous. But we are merely spectators and this is all for our amusement. Like the MJF thing, when he paid Lambert to beat up, uh, shit, who was it? Who was it? Ah, oh, because they had a, damn it, they had a... I'm trying to remember, too. They had a TNT title match or something, and MJF interfered, and was it Wardlow? And cost him the match, and then he paid Lambert to beat him up after the match when Lambert should have no dog in the race in reality because they already won and retained the championships. Now you just get out of there. Oh, yeah, it was it was MJF paying Dan Lambert in the Wardlow TNT title match. That's what it was. And shouldn't Dan Lambert have paid MJF for interfering and helping them win the match? Stuff like that, where it's like the reverse of what it should be or anything like that. I noticed that stuff and I'm like, wait a minute. Doesn't make any sense. But anyway. uh, Anyways... Um, that that was a little bit of your goofy stuff that is still entertaining. Then we had a, an absolute phenomenal singles match between Dax Harwood and Will Osprey. And might I say, I I'm so glad that Will Osprey's got to have is having a couple matches in AEW before Forbidden Door. Because my God, are they good? They are very good. I'm liking the the cross collaboration work and take notes because this is how you dabble and you say, Are you excited for Forbidden Door? Let me show you why you should be excited without giving us everything. Yep. That's the way you advertise it. You want to see more stuff like that, but with the top stars, with the top stars going against each other, check out this pay-per-view. You'll get a little taste of what you saw tonight, but better. 
There you yeah. go. And we got more that backs up what you said. Uh, we had John Moxley beating Hiroshi Tanahashi in a promo. It was face-to-face confrontation that eventually went to a beatdown. And then we the pay-per-view so it's a little taste of what you're gonna see not a full-blown match between them mm-hmm. and you know what you know what me and me and my roommate are gonna go halves on the pay-per-view good i am going to put out money double-digit money to see this event I'm, you know me with certain things. I am very cheap. Yes. And I'm putting out money to watch this once. I hate, I don't understand. Maybe I grew up in a spoiled era now that we have streaming services, but paying money for movie tickets and stuff irks me. But the builds of this show on both sides, New Japan and AEW, have been so good. And I'm so excited to see this pay-per-view. I am paying for it. Again, take notes. I pay five bucks a month for Peacock. And sometimes I don't even look forward to the pay-per-views. Sometimes I don't even watch them. Uh, I don't know. Not, I don't think money in the bank is going to be good. Eh, I still watch them with the podcast, but right before the podcast, there's been... <sighs> Even with the podcast, sometimes I, I have it on. And if something interesting happens, I look up. Mm-hmm. But some of those matches, I'm just like, we don't need to see this. Right. Um, following the meet the face-to-face competition. We had Miro versus Ethan Age. This was in the All-Atlantic tournament. Um, so, this was quite interesting. Um, Miro won. As he should. As he should. The Redeemer. Redeemer is back. Then we had Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. If I'm not mistaken, she is challenging Thunder at Forbidden Door. I believe so. They have hinted very heavily on it. And I myself haven't seen anything confirming it, but it's all but I want to say it's all but confirmed. I'm like 95% sure, but what leads into that? Um, Tony Storm won the match, rightfully so, with yes. that booking decision of her going for the championship. Make her look strong on her way in. And that's another one. She could win the title. Who knows? Mm-hmm. They might just throw it on her and say, fuck it. Just three month or whatever title reign for Thunder. There you go. Yep. It'd be enough to throw it off because, you, you know, I think at least since since it's been around that they've had long title reigns. And when you have something like this, it's like, and it's a little too short for the traditional, so you know Thunder's probably going to win. But maybe they'll switch it up. It's a little bit of a, is it going to happen? Will I be surprised? 
the uh, are they actually going to do it, or are we going to go with what what on paper makes sense? Yeah, and I I might be looking at it from a weird scope because it's only been three years, but mm-hmm. you know, AEW champions we've had what Jericho, Omega, Jericho, Moxley. Omega, Moxley, Adam Page, and oh. and currently out on injured CM Punk. And then the women's, we've had Riho, Nyla Rose. Uh, did did Britt win it from Nyla? I want to say Britt Baker won it from Nyla. I think that's it. I think, and, and then Thunder Rose, obviously, but I think that's it. Four champions. I will verify right now. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure, unless I'm forgetting some just flagrant right in your face champion. But oh, we forgot Hikaru Shida. Shida, how could I forget Shida? I knew it. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, oh, I like Hikaru Shida. I feel dumb too. I feel disrespectful like that. Oh Shida my god, one of my favorites. Her and her and Britt are right. Neck and neck to me. There are so many women on the the AW's ro- AW roster. I just I like I like so many of them. I yeah, honestly, I I think that's the thing that draws me with that. I like a lot of them, and there's a lot of matches where I'm like, I'll be happy either way this goes. Because I like you want both. you want to know the shortest. Uh, for AW Women's Champion, uh, I'm gonna guess Nyla Rose. Be correct. Do you know how many days? No, but I think three months ish. Yeah, a little bit more than three months, but 101 days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew she wasn't champion long. Riho's got to be second on that. Riho, she is the inaugural champion, so I can give her a leeway. Yeah, she she was probably five, six, right around there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so quick math, uh, uh, almost four and a half. Four and a half. Yes. Okay. Well, shit. Uh, but that's a little bit of AW trivia. Uh, so moving on, we have the main, which is, I want to say, the booking on this with long-term storytelling came into play. Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express for the AW tag titles. I'm sorry, but the, the hearing of that brought out the happiest noise. The ah, yes, I remember that. Sorry. Yeah, um, Captain Charisma, Christian Cage himself, has proved in this long-term storytelling is a thing, and heel Christian is one of the best. It, we should mention, too, the Bucks won the titles. Bucks did win the titles, yes. And he, uh, Christian attacks Jungle Boy, turns heel. 
Um, and I laugh because did you see the video of him and him interacting with Jungle Boy's mother? Yes. <laughs> he yes. raised a piece of shit. Yeah. And then, and then his mom has the audacity to say, you're nothing. You'll never be anything in wrestling. Yeah. Like Christian Cage is nothing. Captain Charisma. Oh, that interaction was it is is a bit funny, and uh, I'm honestly happy that I got the spotlight. I got him some heel heat. You raised a piece of shit. What a thing to say. What a thing to say. God damn. That's it's, some heel heat. Uh, Edge turned heel, now Christian turned heel. But now Edge is going back to babyface accordingly to some reports because Cody's out on injury. Yeah. It was too soon. Yeah. Too soon I to agree. Finn Balor, too soon to turn on edge. Yeah. Yep. They could have at least pro- like, kind of like planted the seeds for it, but no, they just like, fuck it, just pull the trigger now. From Damian Priest helping edge that first time to them turning on him six weeks. Six fair weeks. And mind you, Judgment Day was is undefeated under Edge. That's not and, Ed, and Edge was the one to pin Finn Bauer, so it still makes no sense. Yeah, let's kick you out for the guy that you beat. That makes sure. perfect sense. Sure. Let's kick out the multiple-time world heavyweight champion, legitimate Hall of Famer for, and this is no disrespect to Finn, but comparatively to a one-time world heavyweight champion, still a veteran of the business, but not the best of luck in WWE compared to Edge. But anyways. Anyways. I loved that main event. Me great, too. Great ending. Is Christian Cage going to go against Jungle Boy, or is he just going to turn heel and cut ties with the team and says, you know what, they can go eat dirt. I'm done with them. I think that he's going to be feuding with Jungle Boy. I really do. I... Call me crazy, man. But the timing kind of lines up. What if Kenny Omega comes back as a face and that's the first rivalry of Kenny Omega back? I'd be down. I would be down. The only thing I could see going wrong is you have two budding heads. You have somebody returning that you want to put over, a former world champion of the company. And then you have a guy that just turned heel that you have to prove is going to be formidable. So maybe a buffer rivalry where Christian Cage dominates in between and then maybe a best of three between him and Kenny. They could do the best of three and do what they did with Adam Page and Brian Danielson where they draw. They could. For, for at least the first match. I'm not saying like overall a draw, 
but for the first match at least, it goes to a time limit. That is possible. And it's crazy enough that I get to say that because you never in my years as a wrestling fan would I ever think of that unless it's an Iron Man match. Yeah, it's true. That makes anyway, me so happy. Makes we, me should happy. Probably, we should probably move on to SmackDown and Rampage. Indeed we shall. Let's go over the wor- worst of the of the two shows very quickly. Um Coming off of uh, the tales of the investigative journal from w- Wall Street Journal, uh, Mc- Vince McMahon came out and uh, it amounted to and then and then uh, Riddle came on down for a promo with Paul Heyman. <sighs> It's just the story that keeps giving, isn't it? It is. It really is. And then we had the last laugh. Madcap Moss versus Happy Corbin. Why? WrestleMania. Was it? It was. Was it? WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, that's where I'm thinking. Because I'm thinking of both Madcap Moss and the new and improved Moss. Yeah. And I'm like, they've had a match in both, but I don't remember where exactly. Did they have a match in Hell in a Cell? Did they? I don't remember if they did. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Because they used the stairs. I remember that. So why are we having more of this? They should just cut it at three. Yeah, there was no resolution. I mean, there was a resolution, but now it's like you get the ending 700 times. It feels like when when doctors... I keep making the Marvel reference, but it just came to me. When Doctor Strange said, I saw 13 million different possibility outcomes, it feels like we're seeing every possible outcome. Yeah. It really does feel like Put him in something. Put him against... Fuck, I don't know. Sheamus? I don't know. That could be good. They're both ripped and in shape. It'd be a good match. I'd, I'd watch that. Even if they uh, have the dumb shit of the brawling brutes in there. I don't know. I don't care. Then we had your... the. Best segment in all last week, New Day versus Jinder Mahal and the dancing machine himself, Shanky. <sighs> he doesn't even dance well. I'll just say it. He tries. that He tries, but God. He's doing the hokey pokey and out of order. It You notice that? Yeah. yeah. You put your right foot in and you shake your left hand. You do the jazz hands and you... He loves those jazz hands. Yeah, he does. Although I will say, uh, Xavier Woods, keep playing the Final Fantasy theme and you will still have my heart. I, lo- I love that you play that in the trombone. From one person who can play a trombone to another, I applaud you. 
the do 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 do. Yeah, that one. Yeah, no. yes, that one. All right, I, I applaud him for that. That just reminded me. I don't know if it was it if it would be something you'd be interested in, but maybe. I am definitely getting them, for two reasons. One, I think they're going to be worth money, and two, I really like the idea. They are doing okay. an AEW Cross Street Fighter figure set. Are they? Yes. It's going to be exclusive to GameStop, and there's three figures. Uh, it's going to be the Young Bucks. One of them is dressed up as Ken. One of them is dressed up as Ryu. Which one is which? Um, and then Kenny Omega as Akuma. And they look Oh, they I really actually heard of that. that. I looked at it and I was like, that is so badass. I, dude, I want him so bad. God, I would have put down money for it. And my God, because they just look so, so good. And being that they're GameStop exclusives, you know they're going to tax the hell out of you because it's GameStop. But uh, yeah, unfortunately. Not to derail it, but I just thought of that. And I don't think I've told you about it. So I wanted to let you know. I don't know when uh, out, but eventually. I'm glad you brought it up because it reminded me of it because I did see it, uh, funny enough. Uh, but back to SmackDown. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus had a promo. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Whatever. Um, then we had a women's Money in the Bank qualifier match, which had Raquel uh, Rodriguez battling Shayna Baszler while Lacey Evans watched from the commentary position. Now, this was interesting. That that was an interesting matchup. I was I was intrigued. And it kind of delivered. Yeah, it was all right. And who won that match, Brandon? Um, uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Ding, ding, ding. The right choice. Right choice. Uh, then we had the one and only main event of the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match between Riddle and Roman Reigns. And notice I said one and only because this is the one and only bout between these two. And then Brock Lesnar came out and gave F5s. He had a cowboy hat on. And, we better uh, get a cowboy Brock Lesnar figure. I'm just gonna say because you won't. Mm-hmm. I want the hat. Yeah. I want the sleeveless flannel. I want it all. I want. So, you know what I want? What What what'd you want? I want a multi pack of the eras of Brock Lesnar. I want the early Trunks version, the Here Comes the Pain version, I mean. I want Mm -hmm. the 2011-2012 version with the fight shorts. Um, I want the Brock Party version where he has the hoodie and the money in the bank. Boom. And I want Cowboy Brock Lesnar. And I want it in one package. 
and I will buy it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Mattel should hire me for this because I have I, I got ideas. We could do a whole podcast on figure ideas I have. We talk about animals with wrestlers. We could do a whole line of just that that comes with each of the animals. Yes. Yes. Uh, and this wasn't an important thing, but uh, there was a small promo between uh, the, your new Intercontinental Champion Gunther cutting a promo on Ricochet, calling him the epitome of all things wrong with America. So we're going to go with the political route more than likely. Uh, yeah, why not? Let's beat the foreign menace shtick with a stick. And just beat the dead horse. Yeah, let's do that. That's going to sell money. Yeah, it might. Who knows? I don't know. Well, now let's go on to Road Rager Rampage. Starting off, Dante Martin versus John Moxley. That was a decent match. It was all right. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Is John Moxley, he's the only one I can think of, but I want to know if I'm missing somebody. Is he the only one that does that elbows to the neck and chest area that way? Huh. Because never... Brian Danielson does it, but I think that's since he's joined Blackpool Combat Club. So, you know, I don't know who did it first. Huh. But I have I, to go back. I love that move. I really do. It's so good. Looks I believe good. it was John Moxley. Well, I'm, I'm saying, has anyone done it like in WCW or? Oh, oh, I don't know. NWA, I, I don't know. I could not tell you. I would have to go through move history, and that's quite a bit to go down. I'll look later. I'll let you know. All righty. I am quite curious now that you brought it up. Uh, then we had uh, Ruffin' It versus Gun Club and Max Caster, and Max Caster had a rap about the about the investigation. Very good as usual. Yes. Uh, this was all right. The, yeah, the match was all right. It was nothing crazy yeah then we had jade cargill versus will nightingale for the tbs championship i wasn't big on that match it was not i don't know there was just something off yeah i'm still waiting for either Athena or Chris Statlander to take the title off Jade Carl. I, it needs to be Chris. I would say either or because I'd be happy with either or. They built Chris to be a badass. Jade is naturally a badass. They're both just super strong. I think it's just a war of attrition at that point between the two. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, but Jay, and the criticism, I'm not saying that Jay Cargo should lose the title because of the criticism I see thrown around that she's like, 
she's quite similar to a Goldberg, which I do see a little bit of that criticism, considering that her matches are not long. And by long, I mean about 10 minutes. But she's showing improvement, too. Yes. He's at a Goldberg. He's been doing the same shit for 30 years now. Right. Literally the same shit. Spear, jackhammer, that's about it. Jade's kind of tossing it up. She's learning new stuff. She's doing new stuff. And she she's had a for what, two years? You're mm. mm. no, I think two years is pushing. She's been on two years. I want to say two years. I'll say less than two years. And she's already showing more, more variety in that time frame than Goldberg has in those years. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he hasn't wrestled all of his, all of that 30 years, but in the 30-year time span, nothing has changed move-wise. So all right. I don't think that's a fair assessment. I don't think so. I'm comparing her and other wrestlers who don't go for a long time is necessarily fair considering the context. But um, I will say um, the pedigree was interesting. Yeah, it happened. It happened. And I love how the announcers called it by the move's proper term, the double underhook face buster, what it is. Yeah. But it's commonly referred to as the pedigree. Uh, moving on, we had a fun, um, fun main event: Darby Allen versus Bobby Fish with Kyle Riley in his corner. That was a match. That was amazing. Sting's return was fantastic, and the, him uh, swinging a bat and the Kyle Riley's nuts was funny. Yeah, that was that was something. I, it looked a little weird, but eh. it it looked cartoony, but you, you got the point across. That is true. And uh, I was happy. There's a difference between WWE and AEW. Yeah. WWE, I'm just like. Ugh. AEW, I'm like, yes. I'm having fun. Yeah, I mean, it was it was different. It was... You, you kind of knew there was going to be a run-in. Yeah. But, whatever. And Darby Allen getting the win was the right call. Yeah, I think so. But uh, after over an hour and a half, this concludes this past week of wrestling. Because holy fucking shit. Yes. But we got the bulk of the allegation stuff covered and everything. So now we can just update as it goes. And that'll take less time. Yes. And hopefully, moving forward, um, everything piled up together is not as crazy. Yes. 
I I don't think it will be, but I don't think so either. It was fun regardless. Yes, and I enjoy having these long conversations. Yep, me as well. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will catch you next week. See you later.